0: What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of the sex and self podcast a place that we talk about sex and you get to learn a little bit about yourself. We have a very great guest with us we actually have the CEO of a company and a very unique company. So Dallas would you like to introduce yourself and introduce your company?
1: Of course oh my gosh thank you so much for having me I'm really excited to chat. Um, My company is called Raya Health and we are a digital platform for contraceptive counseling. So helping you navigate the world of birth control, everything from matching you to the right birth control option for you, helping you navigate that trial phase of trying a new option through side effect tracking, symptom tracking and your overall monitoring your overall use of that birth control option. And providing personalized support and information into the contraceptive journey that's, yeah, relevant for your own situation so you can make confident and comfortable decisions for your own health.
0: I, I love so much what you and your company does, and I think it's super important, especially for young people who may not have access to comprehensive education or sex positive doctors to kind of handhold them through this, like very impactful, I think like medical journey. I find that a lot of folks, you know, start dabbling in birth control when they're 15, 16, 17. And, you know, you're so vulnerable then. And if you don't have anyone to support you or to help you kind of through that process, you, you might end up with something that might not necessarily be good for you, or you might start having symptoms, you know, some sort of side effect, and you may not even know that it's an issue. So how did you kind of get here? Because I feel like this, this, I, I can't imagine that this company would have came to fruition if you had the most comprehensive, accessible, amazing experience with the doctor and, you know, your medical team. So what was, what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, the complete opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I started on birth control like late high school, like maybe grade 11, grade 12. Um, And, you know, going into that process, I went to my family doctor, who is an older man who also sees my dad. And (laughs) that experience in itself was like intimidating. I was never taught birth control in school. Um, you go online, and you can research all that you can. And there's, you know, great information that's very general, like, oh, that's the IUD, here's the pill, there's condoms. But it's really hard to sift through that information and understand, you know, what's relevant to my own situation. So um, (laughs) sort of an overall snapshot. And in a nutshell, I spent the next five years after high school trying to navigate different options, trying one option and experiencing a side effect I wasn't comfortable with, trying another option and feeling totally unlike myself. Um, One method in particular, my body reacted so adversely to that I was admitted to the hospital. Um, That was the last straw for me, as I'm sure you can imagine. And I decided to take matters into my own hands and really do as much research as I can into this process. I was feeling at a loss. I thought to myself, you know, this is ridiculous. It should not be this hard to find a birth control option that I like. Here I am trying to be proactive about my health and it's biting me in the butt. Like, oh, I was frustrated to say the least. Uh, So I ended up stepping away from birth control altogether And diving into scholarly journals, clinical articles, all of these things that um, helped me understand birth control, hormonal and non-hormonal, helped me understand the female body, how those two can work well together, and really why they weren't working well for me at the time. And through that experience, I ended up finding a birth control method that I thought could work well for me. And I went to my doctor, asked for it, got a prescription, and that was like the best birth control method that I've used and I ended up using it for years. Around the same time I was chatting to friends and family about their experience and this was something that you know you talk about birth control a bit with your girlfriends but it never really comes to light in commonplace conversations and so when I was asking people more in depth about their experience what options they've used and how it was for them it was astounding how many other people had struggles with this process and felt alone, unprepared, and unsupported throughout this journey. And me going through this experience of taking matters into my own hands and choosing an option that I thought could work well, and it did work well, (laughs) I was like, one, liberated by that and felt that process very empowering. And I wanted to share that with my friends and family who didn't have that same sentiment with their birth control journey thus far. So Rhea grew really from my, of course, negative experience with birth control, but also my desire to have a solution that I didn't have. So Rhea for me is building that for my friends and family.
0: Oh my God. That's so, (laughs) that's so nice. (laughs) Is that a tear? (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. No, it's, Well, it's actually interesting because as you were talking about it, I was thinking back to, uh, what I, what, what my experience was going on hormonal birth control for the first time. And this was like prior to any sort of sex and self stuff, any sort of Mm -hmm. education. Um, I actually was very, very lucky. I, I had a very, um, This isn't the method that I would recommend for anyone, but I I had a very negative connotation of birth control because I had so many friends who had gone on it, gotten cystic acne, like gained a bunch of weight, like really negative experiences. So I was like, okay, I want to have sex. I don't want to be scared of getting pregnant all the time. So I asked everybody what birth control they were on. And there were two people out of all of my friends who had a positive experience on the same pill. So I went to my doctor and I said, this is the one I want. That's the one actually worked. But, but like, you know, if I went to the doctor, they would have just prescribed me like the generic or the most basic birth control without like knowing anything about my health or, you know, what my body was like, um, or like what my history was. My family has like a history of thyroid disease. So that's like in, in there for me. It's something to be cognizant right. of because your weight fluctuates. And that was something that I was really, I really didn't want to happen. I really didn't want my body to morph too much. Um, yeah. and but like it, it like truly, I think back to those conversations is like 17-year-old me being like, what worked for you, what didn't? And everyone was like, actually these are all the negative things I've had and maybe there's this one sliver of positivity but how was it like because you sound like a very very intelligent young person like at 17 I would have just been like reading Cosmo like oh this sounds like a good idea or like my you know the way I did it was like two people had a good experience I'll be the third like that's not a way so going into like scholarly articles and figuring this out like how, how did that impact you like mentally? Because I feel like that would have been exhausting to like invest in as like a young person.
1: That's funny you say that because my first like instinct to answer this question was it was exhausting. <laughs> and it's so unfortunate because it should not be that way. Like birth control, your health, healthcare should not be exhausting. It should be empowering through and through. Like these are delicate systems that we are working with and also powerful things that we're working with. Our bodies are powerful and we need to celebrate that and celebrate the uniqueness of it. So I felt, you know, starting that journey of my self-research and taking things into my own hands, um, it came at a place of being a loss and feeling like I wasn't getting any answers from healthcare professionals. I you know, went to experts, and they were kind of just like shrugging their shoulders at me like they didn't know why I was why I was experiencing the symptoms and the um, feelings that I was and that was sad. Like you are asking these people who you are you think should have the answers and for them to kind of come at you at a loss. It's very disheartening, Um, makes you feel a little bit alienated. And it, again, healthcare and birth control should not make you feel that way. So the process of, you know, going through all of that research was at first very one time consuming and exhausting. And I wasn't really sure where to start. Um, but I ended up finding some people in my own circle who did have more knowledge than I and asked them questions, talk to people. Um, and, and it's funny, you bring up, you know, you asking your friends, because I think that does help in a way it's, you know, creating sort of this like self database of different options and uh, experiences that coincide with that. Um, My recommendation (laughs) would be not to uh, base your decision in that way. But it is really important to like, find your story and somebody else's story and resonate with other people and start having these conversations about the problems that come with, you know, um, misinformation, and not a lot of information as well. Um, So definitely, I had lots of conversations with my friends and family throughout that process to understand, you know, what they went through, how that process was for them. And of course, that was very helpful. Um, But at the end of the day, like it is about you and your body. And that's unique, you know, birth control is not a one size fits all. So it is important to figure out these things for yourself at the end of the day.
0: No, absolutely and no, I would not recommend what I did like to anyone, but that that was kind of the only way I knew um or the like oh, the I only so thing does. that the, the only thing that 17-year-old me I was not into scholarly articles. I was like I just want to be on the pill. So let oh, me yeah. figure it out. Uh and this was the method. Thank God it worked, but I I wouldn't recommend for anyone else. But I find that with talking to community members about access to care and access to sexual health resources and medications, it's always like a very, very turbulent discussion and even having that like uncomfortableness of talking to your doctor who also like practices on your dad. And like, even though patient, uh, like, doctor-patient confidentiality exists, it's still, like, a very uncomfortable relationship, I think.
1: Totally, especially as a young person, like, me first going into that office, like, I didn't know, I thought there was the pill and condoms, and that was it, like, I didn't know there's different types of the pill, like, I, again, I wasn't taught these things, and also, like, you're a little nervous, you don't really want to admit that to this, like, man, you don't really want to talk about your sex life with this older person as a 16 17 year old earlier than that or even later than that it can still be uncomfortable um so yeah definitely navigating that process is um there there needs to be more going into it beforehand so people do feel prepared and that at the end of the day increases efficacy and the correct use of different options as well and just makes it more enjoyable (laughs) what am I saying? It just makes it a better process.
0: No, absolutely. I, I feel like we should feel empowered when we're going to the doctor and especially like autonomous overtaking. Like, I mean, to think that like, you know, maybe 90 years ago, not even that long ago, like 50, 60 years ago, women had virtually no autonomy over their bodies because the pill wasn't invented. Like we should feel really, really empowered that we have now these choices and we have these options and we can find a suitable one. But what do you think are maybe some like pinpoint challenges for specifically women trying to get birth control? Like, what do you think those barriers are? Yeah, there's
1: so many um in terms of accessibility i can speak from like a canadian lens uh, because that's where we are and that's where rea operates right now but um there's a few conversations and issues that arise one being the affordability piece so in ontario actually i should say people under the age of 25 can get their prescriptions for free and that does include birth control and that's awesome but Other times um, in other provinces, or if you're over 25 in Ontario, people might not have insurance or coverage that helps pay for birth control. And it can add up, and that's a barrier for people. Um, There are options, you know, you can get condoms for free in various um, centers and outreach places or school, Um, but that affordability piece does play a huge role in the accessibility and can serve as a barrier to birth control. Another big one that sometimes is overlooked is location. Uh, You might live in a remote community and the pharmacy might be, you know, too far of a commute, or there might not actually be a healthcare professional in your community that is trained to um, insert IUDs or insert the implant, for instance. And that can be limiting in the options that people have access to. Telehealth certainly does increase access to birth control in these remote communities. But again, you can't get an IUD inserted through your computer. So it does still limit the options that are available for people and that's frustrating. Um, It's frustrating if you do want to get an implant or the shot, but you just don't have the means um, based on where you are. So there's a few barriers and then we get into the actual information and the conversations that happen with medical professionals and with um, friends and family and when weighing different options, a lot of pieces of the puzzle are often left out. Um, Doctors and physicians, they're really busy. (laughs) They may only have 10 minutes with each patient. And unfortunately, that's just not enough time to go really deep into, you know, lifestyle, preferences, hormonal profile, past experience with birth control, potential side effects, all of the options available, how they might change your body and in which ways, and what ways are you, is that individual comfortable with their body changing? What are their boundaries when it comes to birth control and their use of birth control? Um, so often what ends up happening is doctors prescribe what they're most familiar with or what they have free samples of, and that's not always what's best for the individual. I should also note that that's not always the case. We do have phenomenal um, centers that are designated for sexual health and they spend, you know, half an hour plus with an individual and going over all of those things that I just mentioned. But again, not everybody has access to those services. So across the board, there's a big part of the contraceptive counseling journey that is being left out and it's having these comprehensive conversations beforehand and really enabling individuals with information that is specific to their own situation and supporting them through that journey providing insights that's relevant to them and really helping them enabling them with the tools that are curated for them so they can make confident and comfortable decisions for their health.
0: No you're like 100% right and I think that like this fear factor alongside the lack of education and resources and information is like really, really like impactful on folks getting access to birth control. I'm so glad you brought that up. (laughs) It's um,
1: a huge thing that is really become evident in social media, especially lately. And It does come from a place of frustration, and I understand it. You know, it's this idea of birth control, fear-mongering, in that someone has had a really bad experience, which is common. 75% of people who use birth control describe their experience with contraceptives negatively. I get it. I'm one of those. (laughs) You know, and so when people have these, like, really disheartening, experiences with contraceptives they want to share that with other people and you know help other people avoid having that experience for sure that makes sense what ends up happening is that fear is uninstilled and people are like you know the IUD is horrible don't t- don't try the IUD this was my experience and like that experience is totally valid but if I leave listeners with anything here. It's to remember that everybody is unique. What works for me probably won't work for you and vice versa. And it's about really focusing on yourself and celebrating what makes you unique in this process so that you can find an option that works well. And the IUD might work well for somebody seeing, you know, that TikTok, and they might either feel shamed of using hormonal birth control or, shame for not using it. And it becomes this like complex, yeah, fear-mongering at the end of the day when really it's, um, you know, not putting the individual at the center. Everyone's experience is different and we need to have more conversations on that than projecting our own experiences on other people. And we don't know what their situation is. We don't know where they're coming from, what their preferences are, what their lifestyle is. And that helps them find an option that works. So we don't want to, you know, get in the way of that by saying, oh, hormonal birth control was awful for me. (laughs) You know, maybe it was. And I'm so sorry that that was your experience. And I hope people, you know, go about finding an option that works for them. But um, it's about having more open conversations. And that certainly is a barrier for people in accessing birth control. They might hear something and think, oh, I can't try that that person said that about it um, and that can be harmful.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, if we use my method, I didn't try anything that anyone said negative, any any negative experience with, I was like, nope, not gonna do that, not gonna do that. Um, but I, I do wanna get into more of like the resolution because I do think we're at a time where we have all these different tools whether they're birth control tools, contraception tools, even just like barrier methods uh, to like start to think about. And there's so many femtech companies like Rhea doing amazing things, providing women and birth control users with access to the things they need in a very comprehensive, accessible way. So specifically for your company, what is the, like, if you were to give like an overall objective? And like, what is the problem and the solution that you guys are providing?
1: Definitely. I think that there is a major health crisis that is not being addressed within women's health right now. And that is that birth control is often misprescribed. This then leads into a grueling trial and error process that millions of people are facing on a daily basis leading to 75% of people having negative experiences with birth control. This journey is time consuming, taking on average people two years to find an option that they like or they give up (laughs) as well as it's expensive. You know, if you're trying options and you're paying for options that don't work for you, that's like in essence, money down the drain. So Rhea provides personalized information and support to enable the user throughout this experience. Our web-based service um, has a 95% user satisfaction rate. People are really enjoying the value that we're providing, but we save people time. We make the process fast and simple. Um, And it's, (laughs) you know, you're finding an option that you like right off the bat. So um, it definitely, Uh, helps with that affordability piece. Um, So through our smart algorithms that we use, people are matched to options that work well for them, and our system explains why. So what in their profile led our system to suggest those methods, how do those options work, what should people be prepared for when going to try those um, different options, as well as helping them track and monitor any side effects. So what are their boundaries when it comes to birth control and really helping and walking an individual through that process of outlining it and then giving them tools and resources to check in with themselves and track their experience and providing insights into that experience that are relevant for them so that they have the information where they can decide, is that option right for me or not?
0: No, absolutely. And I really like that kind of like aftermath tracking because what the doctor will do, at least in Ontario and Quebec, from what I've experienced is they'll prescribe it to you for six to 12 months, and then they won't talk to you for a year. And then if you want to talk to them, you can, yeah, try and book an appointment for like a month and a half from now.
1: But also what
0: I've seen with a lot of the, a lot of the fear attached to birth control, um, is kind of like not noticing um, like documented signs of change until kind of it's been too late or until it's, you know, if it's, you know, acne six months, like down the line, like you don't notice that until it becomes seriously noticeable or, you know, a weight gain doesn't, you don't notice it until it becomes visible to others or, and then you're at the point where you're not really monitoring anything and you're not, Uh, prepared for anything to change that you're kind of like missing, missing things before they can kind of be resolved easily. So I, I really appreciate that because I find that transparency amongst doctors is still not happening. And people are like not prepared for what could happen. Like, you know, you know, when you see those ads on TV and it's like symptoms, maybe but they don't tell you what it is. And it's just like super long list and you kind of tune out by the end of it. I feel like that's, that's not even getting mentioned in the doctor's appointment. It's more just like, can you take a pill at the same time every day? Okay, here. And then it's just like nothing else is happening.
1: Yeah, there's a whole thing that's left out of that follow-up. You know, unfortunately, our healthcare system is complaint-driven. So as you say, you know, you might not end up telling your doctor that something didn't work for you. Or if you do, if you're finding an issue, like you have to go through that process of, yeah, booking an appointment that could be months out. Um, and that in, ex- in itself limits access to quality information and quality care. Um as well as you know talking about boundaries when it comes to how your body might change in this option so there is with birth control an initial trial phase when your body is getting used to a new option hormonal and non-hormonal we're always going through changes when we are using a birth control method and that's important to remember but it's important to have a conversation with yourself up front and really think about okay what changes am I willing to tolerate and for how long? So generally there's this trial phase where your body's getting used to something. And for the most part, um, if you do experience some sort of side effect, if it's like minimal, um, it will ascent- it'll eventually sort itself out. Um, so when you're first going on a birth control, let's take the pill for instance, um, within the first month or so, you might experience some spotting when you're not on your placebo bleed. And that is normal, it's frustrating, it is, and maybe somebody's not down for that, and that's okay. But going into that and trying a new pill, and you know, the first week of trying a pill, you start spotting it's like, I was, what is that? <laughs> like, that can be scary for somebody, and then they might, you know, stop using that option or use it incorrectly or you know, associate that with a really negative experience. We don't have without Raya anyway, there's no initial, or there's no go-to support where you can ask these questions or follow you know, a set journey that's um, curated for yourself throughout this process. Um, so having these conversations up front and using a system where it checks in with you, like, how are you doing? you know, how's your skin? How are your relationships? What's your libido like or your sex drive? Like, let's have a conversation about it. And like work together to monitor that and ensure that you are having the best experience possible. And if you're not, then again, let's talk about it. That's okay. There's tons of other options out there. And we can work together to find one that um, everybody feels confident using.
0: So when people are using uh. Rhea, are they who are they speaking to when these consulting periods are happening? Yeah, so as our platform
1: exists right now, we have a web based service. So this is basically like a you log into our website and there's a user portal on there. So the matching system, so going through our intake process, which is a questionnaire, getting matched and having that information that explains why and what to be prepared for and what to be aware of is all done by an automated smart algorithm. Um, We then have a second part of our portal, which is for that tracking piece and those additional resources and the information that is specific to your own situation. And this, at this stage, part of it is automated, but the tracking system in itself is manual. So it's done through the support of our team, um, but also on your own through a tracking journal that we have right now. Um, our small little plug, <laughs> our app is currently in development so that this entire process will be automated. And we're working with medical professionals to have them on board for 24 uh, hour access. So if you, you know, 3 a.m., you're having like some pain that's totally random and out of character for you, send us a message, we're here to chat. Um, that will be in the new year. But uh, to answer your question, long story short, as part of our web process is automated and then the other half is still manual um, but it gives the same quality of information and insight it just doesn't look as pretty yet
0: <laughs> well i think that it's like it's important for people to understand and know and and as we're getting into this more uh well just like more developed and more comprehensive you know sex positive spaces i think people people still have to be a little bit gracious with kind of what they're getting and what they're looking for. Because honestly, five years ago, none of this was existing, automated, general person to person, like, you were just reading Google Scholar articles, and that was as good as you could do. Like, that was it. So (laughs) no, I really appreciate what y'all do. So for people who are still a little bit apprehensive to even trial and error birth control, like what advice or what would you suggest to them to kind of getting started on their journey? Yeah, this
1: is a really awesome question. Um, There are five things that I would say people need to think about and consider if they are like just flirting with the idea of birth control. Um, And these five things you can like always resort back to, even if you have been using birth control for 10 years, it might be a good thing to have a little personal check in with yourself Um, some of it is definitely something that you want to chat to a medical professional about. So the number one big hitter in these, (laughs) my five things is your medical history, because this is really important at the end of the day. Some people just within their biology and their medical history, they are, it's unsafe for them to use options that contain synthetic estrogen. So this comes up if they have migraines with aura are at high risk or have had blood clots in the past, um, there's a whole list of contraindications that you can walk through with a medical professional and they will flag this. If that's the case for you, then you are safe to use generally progestin only options or non-hormonal methods. So that right across the bat can like wipe out some options for you. And that's really important just to keep you safe. The second is your past experience with birth control, if you've had any. Uh, So this is going through um, and looking at the brand names of your options and your pharmacy will have this, or you thinking about non-hormonal options that you've used in the past and writing down what your experience was like with them. Maybe you tried a pill and you experienced weight gain or acne or some sort of um, side effect that you weren't comfortable with. It's important to note that and then look at the active ingredient in those options. So what the hormonal dose was high standard or low and the progestin generation. So what kind of progestin was in that option, if any at all, but looking at that and then you can use that information to avoid that combination of hormone and that level of dose going forward. If you had a bad experience with that, there are other options that will have that same combination. And you might want to avoid those if you've had a bad experience. There's a little bit more layers to this um, that Ray actually helps get into. So you can actually be matched to specific uh, hormone levels that would be best suited for you and specific progestin types that would be best suited for you. And that takes a little bit more um, information and knowledge to navigate. So we're here to help with that. But the past experience certainly is a really good indicator to point you in the right direction. Um, Of course, then is lifestyle and preferences. And these are two separate categories, because at the end of the day, they are different. But they, these are things like, you know, do you want your option to be hormonal or non hormonal? Um, Do you want to be in charge of starting and stopping your birth control option on your own? um do you want to have that autonomy and that control how important is sti prevention for you how important is pregnancy prevention for you all of these things that um really help you know point you in the right direction for an option um last but not least is why are you going on birth control in the first place (laughs) like your goal with using a birth control method can also be quite telling in which option is ultimately the best one for you to be using. So are you just focused on pregnancy prevention like you do not wanna have a kid at all? Um, maybe you're looking at those longer term options or even a permanent option. Um, maybe it's for uh, symptom management for your PCOS, so your endometriosis. Um, maybe it's you know to help with skin issues. There's a whole host of reasons why somebody might be using birth control and it's not pregnancy prevention. Um, these things can be, you know, you can be using, an, a, using birth control for more than one reason, of course, and um, solutions might have various uses, but this is a really great question to ask yourself when approaching these conversations. Um, I feel like all of that could be overwhelming for people, but if you, you know, write it down, grab a journal, a piece of paper, or chat to your best friend, Use tools like Rhea to help your help this process and help these conversations. Uh, they, I trust me, can become a lot more digestible and won't seem as scary if you take it in these like little bite-sized pieces.
0: Yeah, well, I think the moral of of the 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 kind of checkpoint because you obviously know the ins and outs of like exactly what will get folks to the best solution. Possible, But I think what's so important specifically about the estrogen and progesterone and the hormone levels is to understand how dynamic birth control is, um, and how like literally high levels of estrogen or high levels of testosterone in the birth control can seriously affect really, really, I would like the, this is a non-scientific way of saying this, but like really, really niche things about yourself, um, And I think it's really important to note because everyone kind of just thinks, okay, the hormonal methods, whether it's IUD or birth control, are kind of just all the birth control pills kind of get looped into one. Um, And it's very not it's very wrong to understand it like that. Um, And it's just not medically accurate either. So understanding that is like super, super important for folks just kind of getting on their journey. And even if maybe the pill option is the option that they choose, they might not know exactly what dosage or what levels to kind of work best with their own body. So I think that that's really, really important. Um, so for folks who are interested, or as you said, flirting with birth <laughs> control, I love that. I saw your smile when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can people find... And like, what can they, how can they kind of get involved? For sure. So um,
1: we are inviting everybody to come and join the conversation with us about birth control, the birth control experience, you know, reproductive health, all through um, our Instagram. So it's pretty easy, just at Health, as well as um, access on our website. So reahealth.ca. But we have a few different things there. Um, We have a quiz up right now that helps you figure out if hormonal birth control or non-hormonal birth control is the right one for you. And this is a big, you know, heavy hitter question that you wanna be asking yourself. And actually we put a poll out and did some research and 71% of our community did not know if they should be using hormonal or non-hormonal birth control. And that's like one of the top things that really divides the options in general. Um, as well as we are encouraging people to share their story, good or bad, with us. We have a form on our website, um, and we are here to listen. If you want us to share that with our community anonymously, we're more than happy to. And our DMs and inboxes are always open to answer any questions and be there for you. At the end of the day, we just want to help people through this process. Birth control can be frustrating, and it shouldn't be
0: that way. Um, so Instagram and website, we're here for you. And if people want to use your platform, what's kind of the like administrative process behind that? Like how, is it just as easy as making a login? How, how long would you say it is? Yeah. So just as
1: you said, simple and easy, create, um, a login on our website, reahealth.ca and the intake process, um, might be, you know, five minutes to 20 minutes depending on how long you want to mull over some things we our intake process does ask information about past birth control specifically brand names so that might be something you want to ask your pharmacist about as well as things about your menstrual cycle that you might want to wait a cycle to figure that out if you don't have that information top of mind Um, Before you start our intake process, we do give a, you know, before you begin checklist. Um, So you can go through that and have that information on hand. Um, But generally, when you go through the process, it may take, you know, five to 15 minutes to complete. And then you're all good to go. You have all that information at your fingertips and our tracking system is available there for you. And we do support people in access to birth control options. Um, We're working tirelessly day in day out to provide more features to really be that one-stop shop for
0: everything birth control.
1: But if anyone is interested or knows somebody who could benefit from Raya, the website is the best place to start. Do you mind plugging the website? Yeah, www.rayahealth.ca.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you, Dallas. I really appreciate you coming on and I really, really, really really admire the work that you're doing and just like making it one less thing for people to worry about. I just think it's super important and heartwarming personally. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. No, thank you so much for having me. And I really
1: appreciate you creating the space for me to chat about, you know, my passion, birth control, but also creating the space for these conversations to take place because that's how change starts and change happens. And there's a lot of change that needs to be done in the contraceptive world. So I appreciate you and um, this platform.
0: So thank you. Alrighty. Dallas it was so it's always so good chatting with you. Make sure to check out reahealth.com for more information about their services. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Sex and Self podcast where you can hear episodes like this every single Monday. Thanks for listening.